Welcome to the Bicoastal Hootenanny starring Nate and Adam. I am and Adam. Adam Tootenanny Wilson, that is, in Brooklyn, New York, where it is 81 degrees and sunny to partly cloudy. It's um, we've had, We had the first autumn wind about two days ago, which kind of scared me, but it's uh, it's a hot, muggy summer day today. Good. Uh, today is Nate's day off, so that makes today a Tootenanny Tuesday. All right. Thank you for joining us, Hootenears. I want to say hello to Shane Webb, uh, Shane Webb San- Santa Maria, that's her actual legal name. She's my fake wife, my stage wife, and I want to say hello to Julian Santa Maria, her son, my fake son, my stage son. I met him just a week or two ago. He's a good man. He farts just like his fake daddy does. Uh, we have a guest today. He is our executive producer. He is Jeremy White. He is the publisher of The Red Shtick. Jeremy, how you doing today? I'm doing fine, doing fine. Uh, Jeremy, tell us what you do. Tell us what you do during the football season. I run around with some stripes and a little yellow flag and a whistle. Good. Okay, everybody knows what he does. He has to be kind of vague <laughs> about this because, you know. Yeah. Well, I do, I do high school and uh, a little bit of junior college over in uh, the great state of Mississippi. Plus, you know, if you talk too much about it, you, you talk too much about it on podcasts or radio or whatever, and then people will. You know, TMZ will end up accusing you of fixing games or something like that. In fact, right. I, I shouldn't even use that term "fixing games" with you because <laughs> now, now people will Google Jeremy White fixing games, and that's going to pop up with something just because I've said the phrase "Jeremy White fixing games." So. Yeah, it's 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 getting to the point now in in big conferences now. Certain conferences officials are not even allowed to have any kind of social media profile. Mm-hmm. Period. Oh, well, that happened last year where there was this guy that was a Saints fan. Right, but that was a, a replacement ref. But this is, like, conference-wide, and, and he was a Saints fan. But I'm just saying you can't even have, like, a Facebook page or a Twitter account or whatever just just to eliminate any kind of possibility of anybody, you know, messing with you and taunting you or whatever and, you know, it just, it just uh, to remove any kind of possibility. They're getting really strict about it. It's well, at higher levels. And that sounds like that does sound like total BS. But then again, hold on now, Jeremy. You're a uh, you're a 43 year old white registered Republican. Okay, that's what you are. That mm. is actually true. Uh, yes. Now these are these are public records. I'm not like I'm not like delving into your private life at this point. That no. is actually made public. You're a 43 year old white registered Republican, and I assume a lot of college and high school football officials are also 43-year-old white registered Republicans. Now, everybody, who nears? Yes. Just imagine a room full of 43-year-old white registered Republicans. Just imagine that room full of them. And imagine all these opinions they might have, and all, the, all these opinions they might have on people who aren't 43-year-old white registered Republicans. Just just think of a room full. Now, first of all, I got Jeremy here. He's a 43-year-old white registered Republican. He's cool. He's a good guy. You know what I mean? He's the kind of guy who gets drunk with Kip Holden uh, on, a, on a Mardi Gras float while he's got a flamingo that is thinly veiled as a penis on his head. You know what I mean? Like, he's a cool guy. <laughs> but, uh, so, but we're not talking about one white registered 43-year-old Republican. We're talking about a room full of them. Oh, that's the most annoying room in the world besides the room that um, is the studio for, like, The View. That's the most annoying room in the world. Right. The second most annoying room in the world, a room full of 43-year-old white registered Republicans. And imagine all these opinions they might have. And all, all the, they, get, they get heated like, I know. 
I know that you couldn't prove there wasn't enough evidence to, to call it murder. I, I mean, I don't even see how you could call it murder. It, it, they, there, they, they should have charged manslaughter. I mean, the kid had a hoodie on. He's probably had a gun on. I mean, like, I mean, how can you that, even charge him with murder? You know, that's about, that was a that was a room full of forty three year old female white registered Republicans. Oh, that's what that was. Okay, fine. Yeah, uh, it was all female jury. But oh, that's oh yeah, you're correct. That is correct. <laughs> I forgot about that. But imagine a room full of forty three year old white registered Republicans, and then they each disperse and go back to their homes. And then what's the first thing they do? It's it's not. It, I mean, it's not now. Again, this is, does not apply to Jeremy because he's the complete opposite of what I'm about to say. But these guys go home. I mean, they don't make love to their wives because most of these guys haven't seen their penises in about 25 years. Okay? So uh, they log on to the Internet, and they get on uh, message boards, and then they spout out their opinions, and they get on Facebook, and they say something like – basically they say a paragraph about uh, – that starts out with, like, uh, I'm not racist, but – and then everybody cringes when they read whatever it is. And the, guy's, mm-hmm. the guy is not really racist, but he's sort of kind of racist for that five minutes. And then, you know, somebody's made a shitty point. Here's, Jeremy, here's how you know somebody's made a really shitty point. Is when the first response to your Facebook status is, well said. That's when you know. You've said, I, I just, anytime, nobody's ever said to me, well said. <laughs> Thank God. Thank God. If anybody ever says, well said to me, I'm going to kill myself. That's like, if I, if, I was, if I was a chick and somebody called me lovely... That means I'm fat with a pretty face. I just I'd go anorexic right then. If you're just joining us, Hootenears, you're listening to the Bicoastal Hootenanny starring Nate and Adam. I don't know why you'd be joining us in progress on a podcast that you downloaded voluntarily, but we do have a guest, and somehow I'm out talking Jeremy White like nine to one here. This is the first time this has ever happened. Uh, Jeremy, you still hey, there? It's your show, and I'm just sitting back, man. It's your really, world. I'm just a, really, I'm just a squirrel trying to get a nut. Okay, well, here, let's get you plenty of nuts here, Jeremy. Um, there's a lot of rule changes in every level of football because this is any year ever, and we are in this era of football where rule changes have to happen. They kind of have to yes. happen because we don't want kids yes. to die and we don't want men to die. So let's start out with high. Uh, is there is there a rule change? Because you're I mean, you're an official, you have right. to know this. It's your job to know this. Right, right. right. We just took our uh, I just took our uh, high school test last night. Scored a ninety eight. Um, so uh, high school, a lot of people underestimate the differences between the three codes: high school, college, and and the NFL. Uh, high school rules are probably the least appreciated rules because people just don't know them. Right. There's not not that much high school football on TV, and they just see more Saturday and Sunday and think those rules apply on Friday. In a oh. lot of cases, it it, it doesn't. Uh, but uh, this year, the rule changes a few of them that are kind of key is that uh, well now we're we're officially in the 21st century. Uh, because we're allowing coaches to use uh, communication devices such as iPads and cell phones to communicate with players. Well, not communicate, but use them to uh, as tools to show stuff. Uh, before, you couldn't do that. Now you're allowed to do that in a lot of circumstances. You mean during uh, the game? Right, during the game, during timeouts, during conferences near the sideline, uh, using cell phones or iPads or what have you, uh, laptops if you want. Uh, to sh- to show stuff. Oh wow, that's actually amazing. High school high school coaching staffs are sometimes using iPads. That's weird to me. Uh, but yeah, you could last year you couldn't do that. I'll say well, and, and it, that actually makes sense because you know most of these most state high school athletic associations deal with public schools, and most public school systems are pure shit, and they can't even afford textbooks, much less some kind mm-hmm. of electronic equipment to run their high school football games. So to level the playing field, they would just outlaw all electronics or something like that. Basically, yeah. you, you you might have you know West Monroe High School versus welcome back cotter and just to make it fair let's you know cut out all the computers right i I guess it makes sense you know yeah exactly but now Uh, but now that uh but now i guess everybody's i mean the ipad and the iphone and the computer itself is is ubiquitous so 
right. high schools are now using them in, in at least Louisiana. Right. Well, no, that's a, this is nationwide. This is oh, nationwide. Yeah, this is the, the National Federation of High School uh, Football Rule Changes, and mm. I believe all but two states use federation rules. That uh, would be Texas that uses NC2A, and I want to say Massachusetts uses NC2A rules. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's uh, just a little, little nugget there. Uh, another big rule change, and this is a big one that's bringing uh, high school rules closer to your college and, uh, and pro rules. Before this year, if you had a punt or a kickoff and you had interference, kick-catch interference, yeah, like you, you, you got in his way, the best you could do was get a 15-yard penalty from the previous spot and re-kick, replay the down, or have an awarded fair catch as though they, the guy had made a fair catch right there on the spot. There was no distance penalty at that point. Now you can go 15 from the previous spot, replay the down, or have an awarded fair catch plus 15 yards at the spot of the foul. Okay, I see. So it, it's it kind of this is a rule that kind of protects the uh, the the fielder of the punt as a defense as a, as a defenseless player, but it's not worded as a defenseless player rule. It's just one right. that, that punishes you more for an egregious act. I right, okay. and and you don't necessarily need to make contact for for kick catch interference. You can oh, just you, get in his way and make him be in go halo. around you. Oh, it, well, there's no halo anymore. In other words, if you he has to have an unmolested opportunity to get to the ball. Say that yeah, again. I love say, that. Say, unmolested, say that yeah. unmolested opportunity. <laughs> Yeah. All right. uh, or as Sonny Weathers puts it, he has to have a boring opportunity to field the ball. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Well, let's let's move uh, let's move on to the college ranks because there's a few there's a, there's a few interesting rules in college. What's going on there? Okay. Real quick though, on high school. Okay. God no more no more automatic first. I, this is huge, man. No more automatic first downs on pass interference on the defense. Defensive oh. pass interference. No automatic first down. Uh, is it a spot foul or is it 15 yards? It's 15 all the time. So if you okay. have third and 20 and, and you have interference, however many yards down the field, whatever it is, the best you're going to get is third and five on the next play. Okay. And there's well, and there's it, no longer a loss of down on offensive pass interference either. Okay. Which I like. So, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. I'm with you there. Okay. Great. Um, yeah. So anyway, that, that, those are the main ones for high school. I definitely wanted to let you know that's a big one. A lot of us don't aren't too happy with that the now you've got no automatic first down on uh, on defensive pass interference in high school so yeah that's weird uh, yeah interesting uh, I'll, I'll tell you um the one rule that nobody ever the the one rule that people always overlook in high school is the uh uh the automatic touchback rule if uh if the, yeah. if a person fields a kickoff or a punt or is it a, is does, does this apply to punts Either way, any kind of kick, yep. any kind of kick, a, if you punt or a ki- or a kickoff, if it goes into the end zone, it's a touchback. You can't run as it soon, out as soon as it breaks the plane of the goal line. Even but if it's, it's touched in ball. the field of play, it's still a kick. Even if you bat it into the end zone, it's still a kick. Dead ball. It's, it's a touchback. It's a touchback. Okay. Now let's go to college. What's going on in the college okay. game? College. The big one that a lot of people are going to have a lot of headaches with, including officials, uh, is the 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 targeting rule. They've expanded the definition of a defenseless player to include right. uh, kickers and quarterbacks after a change of possession. Mm-hmm. Throughout the rest of the down, they're defenseless, and a few others. Uh, and this is a targeting the neck and head area. Uh, if it's deemed to be targeting. Mm-hmm then it's an automatic dis, uh, DQ disqualification you're out of the game. If, if you out of the game, you spear a guy in the throat, you're out of the game, right? There are two ways that you can get DQ'd and that's using the crown of your helmet on mm-hmm. any part of an opponent's body, whether it's their torso, their chest or what have you. If you're using the crown of your helmet, you're gone. 
or if you target the neck and head area of a defenseless player, and there's a lot of uh, people, a lot of players that fall in that definition, head and neck area, it happens fast. If, if you're deemed to be targeting, you're gone. Now, in the FBS where you have replay, the replay official will then go and look at the hit and determine if it was uh, a, a targeting call. Right. And then if wow. it wasn't, if it wasn't, the player gets to stay in, but the 15-yard penalty still applies. Right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But guess what? When you're, when you're uh, in FCS, D2, D3, or JUCO like me, we don't have replay. Yeah, no, so no replay, yeah. Field, whatever we have on the field go, stands. So you just have to go with it. Interesting. So, yeah. uh, And I know there, there are so many people who are um, – some people. there's a lot of macho guys who hate these rules and – I get well. I'll say that the length the length of these rules is is probably something that I would lament. But uh, any rule against hitting with your head, I I want to know what you think about this. When I'm done going on this little stupid rant that I think matters to people, um, if when you lean with your head, any uh, fine, I'm fine with you being disqualified from a game because of that. Because the game that was invented had no helmets. This was a long Correct. time ago. A game was invented. This basically we invented pickup football. Uh, I when I play pickup football, I never lead with my head because I would die, uh, or I would kill somebody else. It's like unnatural. You can't do it. It's just un. I'd lead with my forearm or my hands or my shoulder or anything, anything but my he- anything but my head and my cock. Anything else I'll lead with, <laughs> but just not my head, not my dick. Uh, and so the helmet was created because people would accidentally hit their heads on things, which makes sense. But I, I think uh, we have, over the decades, used this as, as an excuse to use our head as a weapon. But that's nothing, that's nothing that you would do if you weren't wearing a helmet. And you're supposed to play, as weird as it sounds, you're supposed to play football as if you don't have any pads. You're supposed to play that way. You're supposed to hit that way. You're supposed to be taught to hit that way. You're not supposed to hit with your head because if you, if you didn't have a helmet, you would die or be paralyzed automatically or be retarded the next day or or any you know you'd be in a wheelchair at the best. So you can't play like that. And uh, what, so where do you stand on that? You please agree with me. Yeah, I, I agree. You, <laughs> I've heard. I've, no, it's true. I, I've heard people say if you if you went, we went back to at least the the old leather helmets. We'd cut out ninety five percent of the crap that's getting flagged out there and fined in the NFL. That's it's a good point. I think it's. I mean, it's obviously impossible because leather. There, there are other things that leather helmets don't protect you from that we have to protect people from. But uh, yeah, we just have to. We have to really drill into into people's heads. Funny, uh, yeah, interesting. Uh, we have to drill into their heads that you can't. Your head's not a weapon. You don't hit with your head. Period. The end. That's it. Well, you also have to keep in mind that the targeting doesn't necessarily need to be the, the instigator doesn't need to necessarily use his head. He can come in with a forearm, an elbow, a hand, a shoulder pad. If it's above the shoulders, if he's coming after, let's say right. we had a, a play this weekend where the guy, it looked like he had his he had just caught the ball on a, on a punt and the defender came in with a forearm to the guy's face. Right, that's another thing that you don't yeah. do, and you don't do in pickup football. You don't, you know what I mean? That's yeah. just that. That's just MMA at that point. Like we we are playing football, we're not playing MMA. So mm-hmm. if you want to forearm somebody in the head, get in an octagon. That's fine. That's that game. That's what that game is. 
So so yeah, I'm 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 perfectly fine with these rules, and I think people should uh, should be a little more cerebral and less macho about. Now, it's these hard things. to be cerebral after after all those <laughs> That's concussions. Good point. It's very funny. Uh, <laughs> what else? What other rules in the college game? What what's going to change the way we watch the game? What's up? Uh, well, uh, you have a 10 second runoff now. If it's oh yeah, or a minute, either half. Last last year you had the 10 second runoff if the helmet came off. Okay. Uh, without a. Oh, We're talking about un, 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 under, now, a, under a minute and a half, you say. 59.9 or less, and the clock is running. And the only reason for stopping the clock was a player injury. Uh, that is subject to a 10-second runoff. Okay. Uh, Meaning if you're down by three, you're trying to score a quick touchdown, uh, and a player gets hurt or a, hel- second runoff. Or, a, or a helmet goes off, the refs will run 10 seconds off the clock because uh, to discourage right. you kind of uh, you know cleverly um cleverly buying yourself a little time out there yeah yeah exactly okay. uh another big one is going to be uh if you have uh, a play where the players are, are trying to spike the ball it's, they're running the two minute drill there's a they're trying to stop the clock let's say we had a, a, just a first down and we've stopped the clock for the first down and mm-hmm. then the clock will wind on the referees ready right in order to spike the ball and get another down there must be at least three seconds on the clock. If there's right. under three seconds and they spike spike the ball, then that half yeah. is over. Then the game, yeah. Uh, okay, yeah. I, I I suppose that makes sense uh, because you have to once the once the referee uh, begins the clock, you have to be set for one second. Then the snap itself takes one second, and then right. throwing the ball to the ground takes one second. So yeah, I would say yeah, three seconds. This is similar to the. Um, in the NBA, when there are tenths of a second remaining, you have to have at least three tenths of a second to get a shot off, other than a tip. If there's less than yeah. three tenths, you just have to you can you can't grab it and shoot it. So interesting, right? Um, yeah. And uh, another one that uh, may oh, by, affect by, by, by the way, by the way, this is this is all a plan to mess with Les Miles's head. That's all that is. <laughs> that is not a plan to make the game better. That is all a plan to fuck with Les Miles. That is all that is. So well, this is another that. one that's designed to mess with Les, is because haven't we had Two punters, uh, both number thirty-eight, one right-footed, one left-footed. Yes, has an LSU. I say we. I mean, is that, is that illegal? Are you telling me that the NCAA has outlawed having two punters, number thirty-eight, one right-handed, one left-handed? Starting, started, starting this year, you cannot have players at the same position having the same jersey numbers. Well, you can have you can have players with the same jersey numbers. They just can't be at the same position. First off. Like how how about this everybody goddamn like why not just have ninety nine players or fewer how's that there's eleven on the field at the same time there's all you you need eleven that that's what you have to have uh why not ninety nine players or less how's that or let's use letters as digits so then um you know I, I, I don't know so there's there's a, there's a hundred numbers uh, you know there's a one to ninety nine there's ninety nine possible numbers unless we want to use zero and then so then there's a hundred um the uh I mean I don't know what's the What's 26 squared? It's a lot more than that. So then we would have like 500 numbers. So yeah, give the <laughs> shitty players, give the shitty players uh, names like BJ. You know that that'd be their number. Their number would be BJ or TF or BF or I don't know what else. What are other letter combinations that sound dirty? <laughs> just okay, fine. It's just uh, BJ. HJ. There we go. There's another one. HJ. H. I tell you what's crazy is you're out there. We're working some scrimmages, and they wear practice uh, jerseys and get a bargain like on certain numbers. I was working on it uh, in Poplarville last week, and you had two number sixty fours playing the line, and I threw a flag for holding on number sixty four. And then towards the coach is like, well, "Which one?" 
I'm looking. There's two number sixty fours uh, in at the same yeah, time. Yeah, that's what, you, dude. That, how that's when. I that's when. I, I say if you do that, I, I say, hey, hold on. Uh, well, here we go. Here, I got a rule revision. I got an idea to avoid something, some crap like that. Okay. Um, uh, in Poplarville, Mississippi. Is that where that was? Yeah, and it was just their practice jerseys. They were okay. They, they were saving their game jerseys for later. Oh, so you call a penalty on a guy and you say, "Okay, holding on number sixty-four," and they go like, "Which which sixty-four is it?" And then, well, you should just be ordered to throw an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty on their coach right there. Because <laughs> look, guys, you got to know more math than this, uh, and that that's not surprising to me that that's Mississippi. And I'm not the kind of guy who just picks a random Southern state and then just calls them retarded. But I tell you, I've had two. Excuse me, I've had three girlfriends from Mississippi. Three. Okay. Neither of those three, and these are in different areas of my life. These weren't all from the same city or anything. One was from Corinth. One was from uh, uh, Starkville, and another one was from somewhere else. I can't remember, uh, like uh, the, the beach. And uh, neither one of them could tell time by looking at a watch with hands. They had to have a digital watch. Like They couldn't do it. That's three chicks. I've heard three you chicks. mentioned this before. Three. Three, Jeremy. Okay. <laughs> Oh, one other last big one that's, well, kind of big one in, in uh, college. Now when a, a helmet comes off without being directly attributable to a foul, last year, player had to sit out of down regardless. Now the coach can buy that player back in, so to speak, with a timeout if he okay. has one. Now that so makes perfect uh, sense because a timeout is a thing that happens. Um, now, correct. here's my question. Why was that not the rule to begin with? What se- I mean, I, I'm not going to just assume that that doesn't make sense, but it, it had to have made sense in some way. It's, it, it's, it's to, because there's a rash of helmets that are coming off. Uh, the, the game we had this weekend, I, I can't tell you how many – I lost track of how many damn helmets came off from the same players over and over again. We had at least a dozen helmets come off without a foul in the first half. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. And every wow. time we have to stop the clock – Escort the player out, reset the play clock, and, and it, it's just trying to get the players. It used to be when I was, you know, back in my day, we had to peel that yeah. helmet apart to get it over your head. If you didn't, your ears were going to come off with the helmet. Yeah. And now the kids just grab the face mask and flop it on without ever expanding, the, grabbing the ear holes and pulling it out. Well, we're in it, the era. We're, we're in the era of where flat. It's really, really loose. They, it has to be really flat loose. Bill hat, yeah. it, it has to be. It, yeah, it has to be loose so it fits over their flat bill hats. That's what it is. Uh, so, okay, yeah. okay, old man white. Why don't you, old forty-three-year-old white registered Republican, see? Why, why, why don't you say this on Facebook and then I'll say "well said" in response to that, and then <laughs> that is how you know that uh, your point is completely retarded. Um, uh, interesting. I, I, this is why I th- they should just look. They're making they're making this too hard for you. There's no way. And now, I mean, you know your you know your shit, but it's hard to know the like it's really hard to know the rules of football at this point. It's becoming really difficult. It it is t- it is taxing, and that's why I say fuck it. Bring back the platoon system because everybody would be <laughs> the size of Tim Tebow or Brett Favre or Scottie Pippen, kind of a medium athletic build. You know, a lot of Allen Iversons. And then nobody, there'd be a lot less concussions because the players aren't 290 pounds because you'd have to play both ways. And the guys who are big would slim down and then they'd be smaller and then they'd get injured less and they'd be in better shape. It would be a game of skill and less of brute strength. And then you'd have players like Dave Dewerson and Junior say, oh, not committing suicide, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, bring back the platoon system. It saves lives. That's what I say. That's me standing on my high horse made of soapboxes that are shaped like 
ivory towers. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the NFL. This is the, the NFL is interesting. There's two rules that come to mind that have been changed, and I want to talk about these. First, there's yeah. the, uh, the, the, the tuck rule. They changed the tuck rule, did they not? The tuck rule is no more. They got rid of it uh, by a vote of 29 to 1 uh, at the owners' meeting in March. <laughs> Wait, yeah. who, who voted for it? Is, is well, it the, well, was it the Patriots? Guess which, guess which two teams abstained? Well, oh, the Raiders and the Patriots, I'm guessing, right? Yes, yes, okay. they abstained. It doesn't tell me who the the one uh, uh, negative vote was. But, uh, yeah, they, they, they get rid of it almost unanimously. Uh, uh-huh. And, of course, everybody was introduced to that. Uh, thanks to our buddy Walt Coleman, uh, who was the referee. He's a great guy. Walt Coleman is an awesome guy. He's very funny. He's, uh, his family owns a huge dairy up in Arkansas. Wait, a uh, huge wait, a huge what? A huge dairy. Wait, a huge like, what? Dairy. No, Jeremy, come on. What? What's that? Dairy. Thank you. God damn it. Dairy. Okay, fine. <laughs> <laughs> a huge dairy up in Arkansas. If you ever travel up to Arkansas and you grab some milk. Uh, for whatever you're going to see, they're like the client Peter of uh, the Little Rock area. They're like mm-hmm. client Peter dairies up here. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, that was the tuck rule. They've gotten rid of it now. If a quarterback loses possession of the ball while attempting to bring it back to his body after a, a pump fake, uh, it's going to be a fumble. Now, most of our Hootenears are women, I'm assuming, uh, because I'm Adam Wilson. Uh, now, this was in the 2002, this was the 2001 season, the 2002 NF, uh, AFC Championship game at Foxborough, mm-hmm. Massachusetts. In, in the about, snow. In about 80 feet of snow, the Oakland Raiders at the New England Patriots. Tom Brady, who has just recently come off the bench for Drew Bledsoe. Nobody knows who this guy is. This is the guy who couldn't even get a starting job at Michigan. And all of a sudden, he's leading the Patriots to a Super Bowl, and he is just everybody's heartthrob at this point. He, yep. in a crucial play, rears back to throw. His arm starts to go forward, and then as the ball kind of passes his shoulder, as the hand passes his shoulder, he decides, no, 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 I'm not throwing it. No, no, I don't want to throw it. He tries to tuck it in, but his arm is still going forward, you know, inertly. And the ball comes forward, meaning if you would like to say that his arm is going forward and then he released the ball, yes, he threw the ball, his intent was to tuck it in. That's why they called it the tuck rule. They called mm-hmm. it, after an extensive replay review, an incomplete pass because the ball just like fell in front of him and it looked like a fumble. The Raiders must have recovered it. That's why they needed a replay yeah, in did. the first place. So, uh, And it's been a controversial ruling for the last, I guess, 11, 12 years. Um, right. I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to go against the grain here, Jeremy. And I think that this was much ado about nothing. I say, if your arm is going forward and you release the ball, that's a pass, no matter what you meant to do. I obviously, right. I didn't mean to spear you with my head, but I still am. Uh, <laughs> I didn't mean to miss that field goal. So what should you count the field goal? I didn't mean to shoot that guy, but I'm still guilty of manslaughter and or murder. Uh, I say, uh, fooey. I say uh, hogwash. I say bullshit. I say uh, n words, whatever you know. That's bulk. I don't like this. I don't. I don't like that they changed it. For it's no big deal. But I. I don't think there was anything wrong with the previous rule. I bet you disagree with me here. They, they, well, they built the rule in the first place as a mark of delineation because the referee position is really hard on judging whether the arm's going forward and all that other stuff. So they they built the tuck rule in as a as a clear delineation of when the attempted forward pass ends and then. It, the next loose ball is a fumble, in other words. That was why he has to bring it back. Before this rule change, the tuck rule said, you have to bring the ball back to the to your body and tuck it for that 
forward pass attempt to be considered done. Okay. That's what the rule was in for. Cool. In okay. Uh, Hootenears, if you're like me, you have, uh, you're listening to this podcast right now, and you're rewinding and listening to this about four times so you can understand what Jeremy said. And you don't have to repeat it, Jeremy, because we did hear you clearly. Just nobody understands what that means. I just want to know that. Yeah. Okay, now, yeah. now that was the tuck rule. And now now on to the fuck rule. Detroit Lions head coach Jim Schwartz during a Houston Texans touchdown, specifically by running back Justin Forsett. Um, Justin Forsett was clearly, he was tackled at, uh, you know, he was uh, kind of tackled like his knee hit the ground right in front of uh, the the Lions bench. Jim Schwartz sees that, uh, but Justin Forsett got up and, and and just ran for a touchdown right after that. While Forsett mm-hmm. was about at the twenty yard line, Schwartz already knowing that the guy's down already throws his red flag on the on the field. His red flag, his red challenge flag. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that turns out to be a faux pas given last year's rules because every scoring play and every turnover, but every scoring play is automatically reviewed by the booth. And there is a rule that says if you throw a flag for a play that is automatically reviewed, you lose that challenge automatically. And I think, is there a penalty on it too? Or do you lose a timeout? Is that 15, what's 15 yards and the uh, there's no review. You've lost the chance of reviewing the play. Right. So by rule... He threw a flag on a play where he was right. Justin Forsett was down, but he threw a, f- a flag on a play where Justin Forsett scored a touchdown, which means the, mm-hmm. that the play was going to automatically be reviewed. So the rule is, if you throw a flag on a on a on a on a play that we're already going to review, fuck you, fifteen yards, you lose the challenge because you. I guess they thought that um, that rule was in there in case a coach is being a smartass or an asshole or something like that. Mm-hmm. But the thing was, Jim Schwartz didn't know that. Jim Schwartz didn't know that the guy was about to score a touchdown, I guess, is what it was. So I think you have to wait until the play is over to throw a flag. So what's the new rule now, Jeremy? The rule new the new rule now is that the uh the ending team will be assessed a timeout. You're you're gonna still lose the timeout, even if your challenge is correct, you're gonna lose the timeout for throwing the unnecessary flag. Oh, um, I see. Okay. And it, and if you don't have a timeout, you're gonna lose fifteen yards. Uh but the play will still be reviewed. Right. Okay. Interesting. So I guess the lesson to be learned is wait until the play is over. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, make sure he doesn't score a touchdown before you throw your stupid challenge flag, Jim Schwartz. Yep. Because that is unschwartzman-like conduct. Ha <laughs> 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 oh! ha! Hey, hey, Carolines. All right. Um, uh, Jeremy, that uh, and what else? Is there any other NFL rule we need to talk about before going the, to my uh, next well, thing? Well, the peelback rule has been eliminated completely, whether it's inside the tackle box or not. A peelback block basically is by your big ugly lineman when the play kind of breaks down the quarterback scrambling and you see them running back towards their own in line, and then they cut a guy low, uh, usually from the side or barely from the side or from the front. Uh, the, 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 in other words, the, the defender is running back across the field chasing the quarterback. His eyes are on the quarterback, and from his blind side, here comes a lineman back from the line of scrimmage towards his own goal line, and he gets cut. Uh, that used to be legal inside the tackle box. Now it's completely illegal because uh, Brian Cushing, I believe it was, with the Houston Texans, got his ACL blown up last year against the Jets. Uh, so that rule has been changed. No more peelback no peel block uh, at all. Uh, in the NFL. And and that's what I was going to say is that, that, you know, as complicated as the rules are in NC2A, at least there are some overarching philosophies that are consistent throughout uh, the book. Uh, high school, very, very simple rule book, very few exceptions. Uh, it's made very, very simplistically. When you get to the NFL rule book, 
there is no overarching uh, philosophy. It's it's anecdotally written every year by the owners. Yeah. And it's stuff like, well, we have to get rid of the tuck rule because uh, somebody gets screwed over. Jim Schwartz got screwed over on Thanksgiving Day in front of a national audience. We have to change that rule. Brown Cushion, a, a, a huge Pro Bowl guy, got his ACL blown up, so we have to change that rule. It's like it, it's a very reactionary rule book, and I've, I've worked some semi-pro stuff within NFL rules. That rule book is so damn hard to study because there's no, no consistency, yeah. no overarching philosophy. It's very, it's very re- reactionary or reactive, whichever the word is. But yeah, it's very, yeah. It, it is very, um, it, it is like that. But but that you think this this little peelback block rule, it just seems like I, just as a human being, I I just automatically think that it's wrong for me to when a guy is not looking ram my shoulder into the back of his knee that just seems wrong it seems like a crime i'm committing i don't know why they have to write a fucking rule for that why don't we you know what i mean like it just seems like there's got to be a rule for that that's terrible you ruin careers that way you put all big you put 380 pound black dudes in wheelchairs that way that's no good you hate crime (laughs) asshole jared allen whoever you are whoever does this i don't know you can still block above the waist you just can't cut them below the waist yeah, uh, it just it just seems like why are why back. are you ever allowed to cut below the waist? That just seems like that's that's knee poison. It's just knee like a knee battering ram. It's terrible, terrible. Excuse uh, me. Well, terrible. Well, the NC2A has tweaked the blocking below the waist rules again. It's like every year for the last five or six years they keep tweaking it. Yeah, and it, it doesn't make it any easier to officiate. It, it's very convoluted. I'm not going to get into it, but we're uh, gonna yeah. We're and, gonna, and it, it's going to reset it's almost, one day. It, it, High school, blocking below the waist can only happen by a few guys in, it, it, close to the line and basically within the first second of the play. After that, there's no more blocking below the waist at all. Oh, because, well, you got guys starting in a three-point stance, so they're already below the knee, you know. So mm-hmm. you, you were talking, like, uh, on the offensive and defensive lines, which makes sense. Yeah, uh, like li- linemen on linemen between the tight ends, and yeah. it's got to be before the ball leaves that little six-by-eight-yard box that is centered on the ball uh, that makes once sense. the ball leaves the zone yeah you, you can't blow it below the waist anymore but it, it's it's kind of difficult because then you have situations where you might have a 150 pound running back who's trying to block some 280 pound d1 uh prospect and he can't cut him he's got to go head to head with him and so you have a little bit of a situation where those guys first of all the d1 prospect is not getting uh cut and he's not learning to protect his knees. So when he gets to the NC2A, he's going to have to learn, hey, those little guys coming around on the sweep can actually cut me in a lot of instances. And secondly, you've got that little 150-pound guy, little scrappy guy, who's going to get blown up by that 280-pound uh, guy because he can't cut him. That's he's got to go. Up. I'm that guy. I'm that, I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> That's, I know. I know, Jerry. I know exactly what you're talking about. I've been blown up by that guy. I've been humiliated yeah. in front of – all the cheerleaders that wouldn't be my girlfriends. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about, Jeremy. It sucks. Uh, it's why I listened to a lot of Sarah McLaughlin and Tori Amos in high school. I didn't. I'm not that gay. Anyway, uh, so those are those are the rule changes. Thanks, Jeremy. Let me let me do this real quick, Jeremy. And I want you to pick on me about this if 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 you if you see something terribly wrong. But I just I just, before I got on with you, I looked at every game of the of the SEC helmet schedule, and I just I, I predicted every game week by week. And I want to tell you what I've now predicted my SEC standings to be. Okay. Okay. Here we go. 
Uh, South Carolina is going undefeated, Jeremy. They're actually going to go 12 and 0. They're going to go 8 and 0 in the SEC. Uh, that's this is over in the East. Florida is going to be 7 and 1 with a loss to South Carolina. Georgia 6 and 2 with losses to Florida and South Carolina and one they're going to lose at Clemson this week, by the way, in my opinion. Uh, Tennessee's 4 and 4, Vanderbilt 3 and 5, Kentucky 1 and 7, Missouri 0 for 0 and 8. Uh, what? I really got yeah, I'm I I'm looking at the schedule. I think every team they play is better than them that day. That that's sorry. Damn. Uh okay. Over in the West, Alabama, seven and one. Mm. LSU, six and two with losses to Georgia and Florida. They beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa because they're playing in Tuscaloosa mm. where LSU always wins. Again, yeah. there have been thirty four LSU Alabama games in my lifetime. And if you count Alabama as the home team in the Superdome in January of 2012, uh, the winner of the, L- the the home team in the LSU Alabama series in the 34 games that they've played in my lifetime, the home team has only won nine of them. The home team never wins this game. So, uh, I'm surprised it's that many. I thought it was fewer than that. Yeah, no, it's it's not. I, uh, LSU is, uh, I, I want to say, ten and five. Excuse me, eleven and five in Tuscaloosa, and then Alabama is eleven four, uh, eleven four and one in Louisiana against LSU. Is what it is. It's mm. just it's wow. nuts. Texas A and M goes six and two. With this is me assuming Johnny Manziel plays the the whole year. Uh, ten, Texas A and M loses to Alabama and LSU. Ole Miss goes four and four. Arkansas two and six. Auburn and Mississippi State each go one and seven. The SEC championship game is South Carolina against Alabama. Alabama wins it big, and they win the national championship again. Sorry, LSU fans, I did my best. I, I, LSU beat them, so that's all I can hey. do. That's it. I, I, I got to ask, how do you see uh, with uh, just throwing this out there, Arkansas opening up this uh, season to uh, with ULL? What do you think is going to happen there? I mean, Arkansas wins, maybe not by a whole lot. ULL, ULL's got a good, I, you know, I don't know. Look, I'm talking out of my ass. I have no idea who's on ULL's <laughs> team. I just know they, I think they got a lot of returning starters, so that's good. Yeah. Um, but Arkansas is going to win. I think uh, Brett Bielema from, um, I think that was that is, is going to turn out to be a home run hire. That was as good a hire as the Bobby Petrino hire was at the time for Arkansas. Uh, Arkansas fans don't believe it right now, but. That's a that's a good coach. That guy just won three straight Big Ten titles. He's a very good, he's a great coach, uh, not good, great, and he's this is true. Gonna, this is he true. he is a great coach. They are going to be. I mean, they're they're going to have a rough year this year, but starting next year, they're they're back in they're back in the picture. I think that's what I think. Uh, I mean, but then again, I mean, and what I mean by back in the picture, meaning they're in a dogfight with Texas A and M, and they always lose to Alabama and LSU. That's that's what back in the picture means. <laughs> Basically, they're back in the Cotton Bowl picture every year, yeah. which is where Arkansas belongs. Okay. So that's what I say. I got a lot of Arkansas friends up here in New York, and they hate me when I say this, and I'm right because Arkansas. Look, <laughs> Ar- Ar- damn it! Look, Arkansas's best decade was the '60s, and that decade. They went two and six versus SEC teams. They they're because they were in the Southwest Conference. You remember the Southwest Conference? Oh do you yeah. Remember, do you remember the nine teams that were in the Southwest Conference? Here I'll tell them. I'll tell I'll tell you those nine teams right now: Texas, Texas A and M, Arkansas, Church School, Church School, Church School, Church School, Church School, <laughs> and Church School. Okay, that was the conference. So the Southwest Conference was bullshit. It was three teams, and that was it. So. 
fuck you, Arkansas. You're no good. You're overrated. You got brought into this conference because you have Walmart money. And I mean Walmart money because Walmart's right off, Walmart's headquarters started right mm-hmm. off your campus. And that's it. I get it. The decision to add Arkansas to the SEC was made on a golf course. We all know this. Probably a decision made by a bunch of 43-year-old white registered Republicans. Hey, by the way, uh, do you know what uh, some of my officiating compadres call uh, Fay- uh, Fayetteville? Uh, Fayetteville? Vietnam. Yeah. I love I love these nicknames for cities. Vietnam, Stark Vegas, Mississippi, Hattiesville, <laughs> Mississippi. Oh yeah. I know all these things. Uh Jeremy, we got to get out of here. That's Jeremy White, my executive producer and the publisher of The Red Stick. You can follow him on Twitter at Comic Ref and you can follow The Red Stick on Twitter at Red Stick. There's no C in that except at the end, right before the K. Uh, I, myself, am Adam Wilson. You can follow me at Tootnanny and this very show at Bicoastal Hoot. This has been a Tootnanny Tuesday, a subsidiary of the Bicoastal Hoot Nanny starring Nate and Adam. For Jeremy White in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, I'm Adam Wilson in Brooklyn, New York. For all our friends back home and everyone else in between, we say swing you toi.